One of the keys to a powerful missions trip is preparation. We're going to talk about leadership, preparation, and more. This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 203 with Bruce Coble. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for joining us. We believe that every missionary and church planter deserves to be heard and loved, and that every believer deserves to participate in what God is doing. This week, we're going to be talking about missions preparation, spreading the word, allowing God to speak to people, and quality leadership. I also have a podcast recommendation for you in a few minutes and a little bit of listener feedback for you when we're done with the interview. I'm going to talk a little bit about the value of relationship as well. I am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. I'd appreciate your consideration and your prayers regarding helping support what they do to equip the global body of Christ to reach Muslims with the love of Jesus. You can find more information about that at engagingmissions.com slash fund16. And I would like to recommend that you check that out when we're done with our time with Bruce Coble. I think it's a worthwhile thing or I wouldn't be raising money for it. And I would really appreciate your support in helping them do what they do. With that, we're going to go ahead and spend our time with Bruce Coble today. All right. I am really excited today to have with me Pastor Bruce Coble. He's the missions pastor at Springhouse Worship and Arts Center. And if you've been with the show for a while, you're going to remember that he's been with us, although it was a couple of years ago now. He has a history of leading missions trips over, over the years. And one thing I hear very consistently is how well he prepares teams and how well he delivers valuable devotions when they're on mission, so to speak. So Bruce, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here, Brian. So this is an absolute pleasure. And it's great for me to talk to somebody that I've got a little bit of history with. A lot of times I'm meeting people for the first time. And so, you know, having watched you now for, for years, I can also echo the thing that people say, even though I haven't really been on a trip that, you know, they come back and they've had that experience with you. And, you know, as we kind of kick this off, I think there's a lot of times maybe some misconceptions or maybe some bad information about short-term missions, people thinking that they're not valuable. And I'm wondering if you could maybe just share one or two things that you've seen positive that come out of short-term missions. Oh, the greatest thing I've seen come out of short-term missions is people's relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. They learn that God is everywhere. They learn God has never left them or forsaken them. They learn God can use them if they are willing to be used, mm. if they're available and flexible and just yielded, mm. if they truly believe Romans 12 to offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice, which is our worship acceptable services unto him. And when they do that, they always see the Lord. Mm. I would imagine that over the years, you've probably spent some time on occasion, maybe talking with people who believe that God's calling them in this direction, but maybe they've got some kind of blockage. Maybe they're concerned about the money or they're concerned about, about getting time off from work. But you, I'm, I'm sure in those times, you've also seen God provide in those instances. Do you have maybe a story that you can share where God really kind of came through for somebody? Oh, over and over again. Yeah. I've seen people work overtime to pay for their trip mm. and ask for overtime. I've seen others raise the support. I've seen others that somebody else felt led to pay for their trip. Wow. And so I've always been cognizant of the people's sacrifice to go. Mm. That's part of the job of a leader, to know that and to be yeah. sensitive that to people and encourage them in that of what God is doing. And so in that, 
that they are now available because God's provided for them. And this is just one of the times he's provided. Mm-hmm. He's provided before the trip. Yeah. He's going to provide for them after the trip. And that's what's so important about it's their relationship with Christ. I, I've seen teenagers, the Lord provide the money through other people. Mm-hmm. I know another young man who went to work at Burger King. And he worked till he earned $800 for his mission trip, and he quit the next day. (laughs) I was so impressed. That's what he felt led to do. So I've seen it happen in many ways. And when they give God the glory for however it comes in, it's just a great thing to see. It builds their faith. Yeah. As you think about your experience, obviously God's provided for you, and you've been involved in some sort of missions for going on 30 years now, I think, maybe a little bit longer from the time mm-hmm. in Zimbabwe until right. until now. How has your involvement with cross-cultural ministry and, and pouring into the lives of missionaries in whatever way you can changed you? Well, it's brought me closer to the Lord and the reality of his presence, the reality of his plan of redemption for mankind, because it affects everybody. The Bible works no matter what country you're in. The fruit of the Spirit is as it flows out of you like a river. The Spirit's supposed to come. It affects everybody. They hear it, which is important. They also need to be able to see it. And so the reality of the Lord and that Lord is at work all the time, just not on a mission trip. Right. But he's involved every day. So if we can have that anticipation every day that God is going to do something, God has a, a meeting set up for me, whether it's the cashier at Kroger right, or whether it's with a missionary. I've seen the missionaries grow in their faith by somebody coming to help them with only the agenda, I want to serve, I want to do God's will while I'm here. God's got you here, so I'm going to work with God's will in your life and what you're doing. And it's a it's a wonderful thing wow. to see it like that. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, right now we're definitely off script. This is certainly not the kind of stuff that, that I had sent you. And so I, I apologize if I've taken a left oh, no, turn. No, no, not at all. I, as we're talking, though, I'm just really intrigued by some of the, the things that you said. And, and I agree with you about, you know, all, God is always at work wherever we are. But I think that sometimes it's really easy to forget that because when we go on a short-term thing, we tend to be focused. We prepare, we pray, right. we, we have a level of focus. How do, before we start talking about how you prepare teams, I'm wondering, is there some part of our perspective that we can shift or some practice that we can start making part of our lives so that we can more appropriately understand that God's at work every day? Well, we have to be looking for him. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Those who come to him have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm. And that's really how I got saved. I had to believe there was a God. Yeah. And then when I found out that God has revealed himself through Christ, who is the exact representation of the Father, and I could see God's character, I gave my life to him. And so in that, if we are just living it on a daily basis, knowing that Second Corinthians tells us that I'm compelled, I'm in God's grip, you know, all were dead, <laughs> but one died for all. And so now I don't live to please myself. I live to please him, you know, and all things have passed away and all things have become new. So we can truly say this is the day the Lord has made. All we will rejoice and be glad in it. So knowing that he's there, 
And then today, Lord, I really, you do, you're exactly right. You prepare for a mission trip. You, you get focused, you get funding in place, you mm-hmm. get your time set up and all that planning is excellent and you need to do that. But what if every day we have that sense as we go out the door that I'm whatever mission you've got for me today at work or wherever I'm at, Lord, I want to do your will. Because people asked how to do the works of God when they looked at Christ. How do I? And he said, your work is to believe on the one he sent. And that's, that's always our work, Brian. Yeah. First, to believe on the one he sent. And when we're doing that, we get in touch with him. We become yoked with him like he's asked us to. And so we start to feel that leading every day as we're yoked with him. Mm. And so that really helps that way. So that's the big thing. Let's do our work. And it begins with believing on Christ. Yeah. And then when we see the work that he has done for us and continues to do, I want to walk with him. I want to please him. So that's when the spirit starts to move on your heart to do some things, to say some things. For me, sometimes it means to be quiet (laughs) as much as I talk. Those type of things. You know, for me on a personal level, sometimes that's a bit of a struggle. You know, I have sure. to remind myself sometimes what seems like constantly, oh yeah, even though I'm here and this is part of my everyday, normal, semi, seemingly boring, mundane life, mm-hmm. that God has called me to greatness, even if it doesn't look what, Amen. like what I think greatness is. Exactly. And I mean, for me, that's hard. I don't know. Is is it hard for you as well? Or Well, for me, it's, I have to keep my focus. Okay. That's why I quoted... Hebrews eleven right. six. I have to believe for so God is there. If I believe He's there, I want to acknowledge Him. Hmm. There's too many times when I'm not focused. Yeah, I don't, and I'm. I act like He's not there. <laughs> yeah, and He's not only around me; He's in me. He's come and made His abode in me. And for me not to acknowledge the Lord, but when I start to acknowledge it, I find all kinds of things being stirred up in my spirit. Yeah. And I feel hope. I start to feel direction. And then you have all those wonderful challenges throughout the day yeah. to live it. And so there is, I know we, it's a common phrase to say we're on a mission trip every day. Sure. Well, back to Second Corinthians 5, we've been ministers of reconciliation. That's what we're doing every day, hopefully, yeah. with our words and our actions, showing people they can be reconciled to God because that's his desire every day for you and me and for the people that we meet. Yeah. I will say for me, sometimes I have to remind myself that biting my tongue, sometimes I am pursuing unity when I don't say something. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that is hard. We, we've talked a, a bit about, you know, how you've walked Hebrews and first Corinthians over the years. And I'm wondering, you know, over the last few months, has God been revealing anything to you or teaching you anything new? Well, it's not new, but he's really emphasizing it. I'd okay. say that. And it's about humility. I'm in a class on that now, and we're teaching on Wednesdays. Okay. And, and we're studying a book by Andrew Murray, and we're reminded again that Paul said, I died to self to live for him. Mm. And how we are just earthen vessels, if we can go back to Second Corinthians 4. And our life then is supposed to show this treasure we have in earthen vessels to show forth the excellency of his power and not of ourselves, but of him. Yeah. And that I'm just a vessel. And unless I let the Lord be my treasure, unless I let the Lord flow out of me, 
I'm going to give out of the emptiness that sends me, yeah. which is Bruce's opinion <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. So we, when we look at Philippians and Jesus saying, or the life of Christ where he emptied himself and took on the form of a servant, and his humility led him into obedience. So that's what's being emphasized in my life. Mm. If I will walk in humility, if I will die to myself, to my will, for his will, I find it's much easier to obey him. And that's what he's emphasizing in my life right now. Wow. I'm going to have to stop having some of these conversations because we're continually nailing me. You, you talk about the earthen vessel and I'll be honest, sometimes I'd rather have people look at the vessel and go, wow, that looks amazing. than look at the treasure on the inside and go, wow, he's amazing. There you go. And, but, but, but there's no treasure on the outside. The, no, there's not. Yeah. There's really not. So we probably should talk a little bit about missions. We've definitely talked about <laughs> some of what God's doing. And, and I think it, it applies across the board, right? Absolutely. Whether, you know, be, yeah. Because it, it applies to every believer. But specifically, I know that you, I've been told that you do such a good job of helping people prepare. And I'm wondering if you can maybe share for us a little bit about what goes into to your preparation before you lead a trip. Because obviously, well, I guess it's maybe not obvious. I would assume that before you even share that there's an opportunity that you're already preparing, that you're already praying and that you've, you've got some things that are going on in your life. Could you share a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. The most of all the places we go to, I've had a pretty long-term relationship with the missionaries. So we are already friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. So as I'm letting the Lord just work in my own life, I'm praying and I'm looking to them Hmm. and I'm asking the Lord, let me be sensitive to them, Lord. And then sensitive to the people in our group, because people, we've got all different personalities, all different kind of thoughts, and that many people have been on a trip before, but we always have some new ones. Mm. And so then I'm asking, Lord, how how can I have them focus on you and encourage them? How can I build them up before the trip, mm-hmm. during the trip, and after that? So I'm, Lord, show me is I'm just talking with them because I'm going to share scriptures. I'm mm-hmm. going to share about being flexible and available. <laughs> and our schedules really don't matter. What matters is our heart. Mm-hmm. Because say we miss a flight because of weather or something, and the trip ends up being a, a day shorter because we spent a night at the airport or at a hotel. We're still in God's will. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of thing, um, letting the Lord work in my own heart then thinking about the folks on the field and then the people in the group. Okay. And, and as you think about some of that preparation, you know, you, you've mentioned that there are some general things that you have going on somewhat constantly. You're always listening to the missionaries. You're always praying. You've, you've got that mm-hmm. part going on. Are there parts of the trip or the group preparation that are fairly boilerplate, if you will? So you know, it's not plug and play, but you, you kind of do these things pretty much every time. Oh, absolutely. But we have to remember to use the word, So I'll ask the Lord for scriptures to Mm -hmm. share. And now you've got some common ones about go and make disciples and going and helping the household of God. And he remembers those things. But I also ask, Lord, give me some scripture or a story or something that that's pertinent that you're speaking to the people's hearts. So I'm looking for scriptures like that also Mm -hmm. to make have a lead in with that and then to be able to share it with conviction because I've heard from the Lord. Mm. And that's what the people seem that they want a leader who is convinced about what they're doing. Right. Who really is following the Lord and who is going to look out for them at the same time. 
They want a good shepherd. And they need to hear the Lord's voice through the shepherd. Because the people in the group know the voice of Christ, Hmm. don't they? That's what he said. They know my voice. And so I said, Lord, they need to hear your voice through me. So I, I need to spend some time to hear his voice so they hear his voice. And that really helps a lot. Yeah. As you think about that preparation, I would imagine sometimes there's also a certain level of discernment or helping people discern, if you will. Are, are there any instances where, and I, I don't want to name names or anything, but there are, t- are there times when you have to encourage people to maybe not do this particular trip? Yeah, sometimes if they're struggling maybe with some family issues mm. or that, and I get a sense that maybe it's better that they are with their family we usually have enough lead in time before a trip. Mm-hmm. The ones that I worry about sometimes, which here again, doesn't happen too often is they make a decision just before we go. And they ask, can I come? Mm-hmm. And they haven't been involved in all the preparation. And so that's, I'm, I'm kind of tentative on that. Sure. So I will spend more time with them and we'll talk about that and see what the spirit, Holy spirit says to us. And I guess on that same note, but maybe a little bit flipped, are there times where you feel, or have there been times when you feel like God is really leading you to talk to a particular person, even if they haven't expressed an interest? Yes. It doesn't happen a lot. Sure. Because I want people to come on a mission trip who have heard from God. Right. And not that I've talked them into it. Now, sometimes people will express, I'd really want to go on a mission trip, but this is not the time. And then a year later or something, the Lord will bring their name to mind. And I'll go and just say, you know, I'm headed to Honduras in three months. Why don't you pray about going? Yeah. And if they have some special gifting that the missionaries have asked for, whether a a teacher, we've been doing that the last five or six years, taking teachers who have trained other teachers, like in Honduras and Kenya. So I've gone and spoken to some teachers, but my wife, (laughs) the retired teacher, really takes the lead on that. So if there's a special gifting they have that a missionary has asked for, I'll go and ask them to consider going. You know, as you were sharing that, I hadn't intended to go this direction, but you mentioned how you always want to make sure that people hear from God and that they don't feel manipulated or, you know, that you've mm-hmm. trying to put them into something on the flip side. And I, I don't mean to be a devil's advocate or anything like that, but just okay. how, how do you effectively get the word out without, how, how do you raise the visibility of missions and make, you know, and communicate that it's important and that it's valuable and it makes a difference and also wait for people to hear from God first. Well, I just go through some of the normal channels, which is whether the church website, which you help out, we'll sure. put something in the bulletin and maybe show a very brief video mm. at church just to let them know. And so I, I use the avenues that are open to me. And if the Lord gives me something else, but I really don't worry too much, but I use what the Lord does make available to me and try to make a very clear message, maybe put a picture up. (laughs) Yeah, picture sell, right? Exactly. And, but I watch because I don't want to oversell it. Right. And I count on the Lord sending the right people, the Holy Spirit speaking to their hearts. Because many times, Brian, when you go on the field, even a short term, because you got to be flexible, you mm-hmm. that call keeps you going. I know the Lord sent me. I've heard from God myself. 
Yeah. And that really helps people a lot. Wow. Yeah, that, that's good. As, as you think about how this has worked in your life and as you've prepared people and helped them, you know, plan, plan their trips, do all the preparation going up to it, and then you're on the trip, you're being flexible. You also offer daily devotions. And what I've heard is that you do a really good job of hearing from God and speaking to the moment. And I think that that can't possibly happen without something special in your relationship with Christ as, as you're preparing and as you're going through that. Can you share anything for us, especially if there's somebody listening who's a missions pastor or leading a trip to, to help them go, okay, these are the things that I need to make sure are in my life before and during and after the trip so that I can be full to make sure that I'm providing the, the best possible, not experience, but the best possible support for the people, not only the people that are on the trip, but also the people that they're serving while they're there. Oh, exactly. For leaders, especially, I'm a pastor. Now, I can wear different hats. Mm-hmm. I may be helping. I'm not a carpenter, but I help a carpenter because <laughs> I need to keep all my fingers and stuff. But I don't let a job ever become bigger than being a pastor. I've fallen in that snare sometimes mm-hmm. of maybe trying to help to get a job done that a missionary really wanted. And I, I become a worker rather than a pastor. Mm. But if I stay a pastor... And then a helper, then I can help everybody. But while I'm working with them, I'm just listening and watching, seeing them in the Lord, things happening in their lives and hearts, some of the things that they say that you go, wow, they just heard from the Lord about that. Mm. And so, so before I go, I, I, as a pastor, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I believe that 99% that we know is proceeded out of his mouth is in his Bible. Mm-hmm. And so the scripture, I I make sure that I've been fed on the scripture. And then I try to be obedient in little things every day. So obedience, we want obedience to come naturally. Because sometimes some big changes happen on a trip and you're ready to obey because you've just been practicing it. And that word is there. Mm -hmm. And so that that helps me a lot. And the word is a double-edged sword. And so if we make sure the devotionals are based on the scripture, it shows the people the intentions of their heart. So we use the scripture, then use examples. Mm-hmm. We can many times use an example from what's just been happening on the trip, but it should really speak to people's hearts. And when people hear a word in their heart and they get convicted by that, I mean, they're convinced it's wonderful. Mm. Then they take home a deposit that's happened in their heart. Sure, they can have the pictures, might buy a souvenir, <laughs> get the T-shirt. But after a few years, all that's gone. They may even lose the picture, but they'll never lose what's happened in their heart mm. when they've heard from God. Yeah. You, you've talked about flexibility and you know making sure that the that serving God and serving the the people is always more important than the actual job that you're doing. Absolutely. Are there any parts of the schedule or any parts of your perspective or approach that you would consider non-negotiables? Like it doesn't matter what happens, this needs to happen or this needs to be what we're about. Yes. We have to bear the fruit of the spirit. Mm. We have to be people of light because some of the greatest things that we've been able to do on the trips are encourage the missionaries, encourage their children, encourage the people that work with the missionaries on loving them because you can't buy encouragement. Mm. You can buy a building, you can buy a car. Yeah. 
You can buy medical treatments. And all those kind of things can be a form of encouragement. But when you treat the people with love and respect, reminding them that the Lord is there, reminding them that the Lord hasn't forgotten them, it is not, you, it's not negotiable. We will do this above anything else. And we're going to do it in Christ's name. And so as a pastor, sometimes it's been blessed to me that the missionaries have come up to us and pull me aside and say, you know, all the people that I minister to have been watching you all. Mm. And they say that you guys really love each other by our interaction and then how we treat them. Yeah. And that just makes me want to cry. Yeah. Because that's the whole purpose. They'll know that we are believers by our love. Mm. I'm really glad that you shared that. I actually had done an interview with another person who had led some trips and I'm not going to be able to share that because some changes happened in his life. And so he's got some privacy concerns now, Mm -hmm. but he talked a lot about the same kind of thing, making sure that you're the kind of group where when you leave, they say, man, that was the best group ever because of this. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. it's going to take resources and time and effort on their part as well, because it is a partnership, but you always want to feel like you left more than you took back with you, I think. Oh, yes, sir. And what I found is the vast majority of time, whatever the project or ministry that the missionaries needed to have done does get done. Mm. And, but it's done with the right spirit. Yeah. I think there've probably been a couple of trips that I was on, not with you. So I'm not blaming you, but that maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe we got mm. the job done, but didn't really leave a good taste in their mouth. And that's something that continues to, to bother me. It's not something I walk in bondage to, but it's something I consider mm-hmm. because I mean, first off, if you want a carpenter, you shouldn't send me. If you want somebody with a computer, I can help you out. If you want somebody to cut their fingers off, I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Go ahead. But there's the carpentry and the skill jobs. Those, if we just have one person and 15 others that are just normal people. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's fine. We can all be helpers. But I've been on trips with no carpenters. And we still get plenty done, mm. but we do it in the right spirit. And that's the key. Everybody can bear the fruit of the spirit. And that's what's needed more than anything else. Easy, it's easy for God to send money and get a building built. Mm. But to get somebody that'll step out into the harvest. Yeah. And, you know, a farmer, many times a farmer has to have help to bring the harvest in. Yeah. And that's what we go to do. And you just get day laborers. That's all we are when we go on a short, we're day laborers. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you've worked all day or you've worked the last couple hours, we all get the same benefit. Isn't that what Jesus thought? Yeah. And that's what's so great about our Lord and being involved with that. So we don't have to have great job skills in, in those kind of earthly things to make a difference in the kingdom. Wow. Yeah. As you were talking, it just reminded me of the scripture about how one plants and another harvests, sure. right? Sure. Um, I, I would prefer to be the one that does the harvest, right? Than the one that does the planting and the, right. <laughs> the tilling. Or fertilizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, right. I, I've certainly been involved in different stages as well. And I think that's part of the thing is we don't, we don't always know what seed we're sowing. Mm-hmm. We don't always know what ground God is pouring that seed into. And sometimes we may never even see the result of that because we've gone on to a different field to do what God's called us to there. I, I love what, what you're sharing, as you think about bringing it home, I've also heard that sometimes, you know, you, you have this great experience, you have this very focused time, and it's really easy to come back home as a leaky vessel and let it all leak out. Mm-hmm. How, how, how are you able to help people? 
carry that with them. Well, and, and to touch base on what we just spoke on, it's the leader's job to remind people to, and show them the big picture all the time, the mm. plan of redemption. Oh, yeah. So we're just part of the process, but the leader needs to keep presenting the big picture to everybody and that they're part of it. And so before we come home, we debrief usually the night before we come home. It's a lot of groups will do that because sometimes you can get overwhelmed when you get back home. Oh, yeah. And not realize you've got a deposit inside that starts to can have a lot of different effects, positive and negative sure. on you. So it's the so preparing people to come home is a big thing. Yeah, And to debrief themselves on the plane or however they're coming home to spend some time with the Lord and to see what deposits there's more usually put into people than they realize. <laughs> yeah, And then to stay involved when they get back home and to share your message. However, people will listen to you because most people won't listen too long when you come home because their lives have gone on. Sure. So to keep it from leaking out, use it when you get back home. Whatever you were taught in your heart, use it, and that way you'll keep it. Yeah. You know, as I think about coming back, my experience has been that a lot of times a lot of preparation goes into it. And when I when I come back, and this it's not like I go on a lot of trips, right? But when I come back, I'm mentally, emotionally, and spiritually just exhausted, just poured out. And for me, that's always been a challenge to go, okay, now I need to try and remember what God did and, and poured into mm -hmm. my life. And then to take that the further step and actually turn that into obedience. That for me has been a challenge. Are you able to encourage people in that? Does God sort of give you words to speak to people or, you know, a little bit of direction on that? Or does God work in them sort of in, in isolation? No, that's the leadership's job again. Yeah. To be able to tell them, expect this when you get home. Now, God has spoken to you before the trip, on the trip. Do you think he's going to be quiet when you get home? <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Expect him to speak to you. I also prepare people, and I warn him a little bit. The first Sunday back during worship, watch what happens to you. Because you've been, your heart is tender and open to the Lord because of the trip. Expect him. You may get a little emotional. You may have some tears. That's okay. Yeah. It's there. And your mind may wander back to the trip and people that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But expect God to speak to you. Look for God to say something to you during the sermon and in your devotionals. Expect him to say, because he's trying to keep that planted in you also. Because we don't have a God made out of wood no. or stone. We've got a, a very lively, I am God. So it's keep your ears open. And what keeps ears open is a tender heart towards God. Man, I, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, that that's one of the unexpected experiences that I had by doing this show. Because many times as we're singing or praying or doing whatever it is that we do, I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about Caleb in Ukraine Amen. or, Amen. you know, Kelly and Cindy in yes. Cambodia. Right. And I maybe don't know all the, all the things that are going on in their lives because I barely have time to keep up with email newsletters now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I care about them. Yes. And that wasn't something I expected. I'm glad that it happened. Right. right? But I, I guess, you know, if, if I could say one thing to people, it would be give it a try. Yes. You know, whether it's a trip or just, 
the, the missionary that you know that came back on furlough, have coffee with them. Definitely. Just meet them, just talk to them. You don't even, it'd be great to ask them about their experiences, but remember that everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. Just care about them. Just get to know Amen. them. Amen. Ask them what they need just while they're here. You don't have to go and build a church in Cambodia, <laughs> but you can help that missionary and get them refreshed and send them back equipped and built up. Yeah. Well, Pastor Bruce, this this has been great. I'm just wondering, as we kind of wrap this up, you've been really pouring into to me and into us. How can we best pray for you? Well, there's some changes coming for me, okay. as you well know. Yeah. Just discernment. I'm excited about the future, what the Lord has for Jill and I. We're going to continue on in mission work. Mm. So I just want to keep my the ears and the eyes of my heart open to the Lord because there is no retirement in the, from the kingdom. Mm. I mean, you slow down physically. Sure. But I want to... I want to see the Lord so I can follow him. Yeah. That's what you can pray for. Okay. Well, f- for those of you that are listening, I would like to encourage you just to take a minute because I know from my experience, it's really easy to think, yeah, I'll pray for that tonight when I go to bed and I get to bed and I forget. So just take a minute to do that right now because your prayers are powerful. They're effective. Amen. The scripture tells us that they're incense before God. And so I just ask you to do that. Pastor Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This has been really encouraging for me and I really appreciate it. It's been good for me too. Thank you, Brian. If you're looking for missions-related podcasts or audiobooks, I'm going to recommend that you check out missionalaudio.com. It's a resource that I've been working on to help us find more podcasts and audiobooks related to missions, missional living, church planting, evangelism, that kind of thing. This week, I'm featuring a book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, A Devout Muslim Encounters Christianity. This is actually a book that was recommended by more than one of our guests, and I'll just read a little bit about you. The author describes his dramatic journey from Islam to Christianity, complete with friendships, investigations, and supernatural dreams along the way. If you're looking for some encouragement or maybe some information, maybe an encouraging story of how a Muslim came to Christ, this might be a worthwhile book to check out. You'll find that along with other podcasts and audiobooks at missionalaudio.com. And if you know of a podcast or an audiobook that we might want to consider adding to the list, visit missionalaudio.com and suggest it there. I would love to make this an amazing resource for people to connect with and find missions-related podcasts and audiobooks, and I'd like it to be as complete a list as possible. I'd really appreciate your feedback. That's missionalaudio.com. I'd like to give you also a little bit of feedback that I received from a listener. This came in through the iTunes store, and it came from Steve, the horn player in Australia. That's the name that he used. He says... Thanks, Brian, for the, this encouraging interview with Scott McClelland. Now, Steve, if you're listening, I want to say that I'm really glad that you enjoyed that, and I want to thank you for providing this. And for, for everybody else, the reason I'm sharing this is, first off, I just want to say thanks to Steve for doing this, but as I was thinking about what he referenced, that interview with Scott McClelland, it reminded me of the power of relationship. You see, that interview wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have a relationship with Scott. He was on the show once, and because of his persistence, we began to develop a relationship over time to where I've been helping him with some things. He's been on my show a couple of times. I've been on his podcast a couple of times. 
All of that happened because of the power of relationship and because we see each other as brothers in Christ. I consider Scott a friend, even though we're separated by miles. And that's just one of the things that can happen when we reach out and we begin to build relationship. I would like to encourage you, whether you're in a vocational ministry situation and trying to develop partners or things like that, or if you're in the marketplace and feeling disconnected from what God is doing, to maybe not focus so much on that as focus on building those relationships and allowing God to work in your life and to to reveal himself to you through those other people. And then one of the benefits that comes out of that isn't maybe something that benefits you, but like that interview with Scott, benefited somebody else. So I'd just like to encourage you in that. Uh, Steve, thanks again so much for leaving that review in the iTunes store. If you would like to do that as well, you can visit engagingmissions.com slash iTunes, and you'll find a link there so that you can leave a review in iTunes as well. No pressure, but if that's something you'd like to do, I'd really appreciate it. In addition to Steve, I'd like to say thanks to Bruce Coble for being with us. I really appreciate that he took the time to come over to my house so that we could record this, and I thought it was a wonderful time that we that we spent together. You'll find the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Bruce Coble 2. That's Bruce Coble and then the number two. That's where you're going to find ways to connect, to comment, to share things like that. Make, make sure that you come back next week. We're going to be hearing from Gina Thomas as she returns to the show to talk about the different kinds of missions trips there are and how we can approach short-term missions from the perspective of justice. The best way to do that and to make sure that you don't miss out on any of the episodes of the Engaging Missions show is to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you have a story of how you have been equipped, challenged, or inspired through the Engaging Missions show, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Send me an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.